Monday, October 5th, 2020, you are listening to the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. On today's episode, Jimmy Butler, man. Jimmy Butler is a bad man. That's all I'm going to say about that. And ladies and gentlemen, we have ourselves a series. Lakers 2, Heat 1. We're going to break down games 1, game 2, and obviously the big game 3. And to help us do that, coming to you all the way from Scarborough Town, basketball aficionado, Sunil Joshi's in the studio. Give it up for the Brown Gangster. Sanj, what's good? All good, man. Happy to be here. I'm Andrew. He's Chris. Don't sleep on the heat just yet. All right, let's go. Okay, like Andrew said, we're joined today by Sunil Joshi, basketball aficionado and also legendary fancy basketball player in our league. He's always known for offering the best, the worst trades, I should say. Right, Andrew? Before every single season, somebody in the league asked me to remove Sunil from the league that year. That's true. We have like a separate inbox in our fantasy league just for like Sunil-related complaints. Typically, like what you do is you send me three garbage guys in return for one decent guy, and then you're forcing me to drop two of my waiver guys. This is how you know someone's on the waiver wire for on Sunil's team if he offers you in trade first. Yeah, just what, wait. what do you say for yourself? Um, well, I do think it's a good trade for me, and at that point, you just got to drop those guys because usually the guys at the bottom of your team aren't doing so hot. Dude, we've been doing fantasy for like like you and me specifically, maybe like six, seven years now since like first year undergrad, and yeah. like we've done one trade. Six years. You've offered me 10,000. Yeah, it's the infamous Blake Griffin for Rajon Rondo. Yeah, and I actually the one trade I did with you, I actually won, so good for me. Yeah, I think he got injured that year, one of many. Wow, Blake Griffin gets injured, shocker. Huge <laughs> to, surprise. Uh, to put in perspective the type of trades that like Sunil usually offers, though, it's like, hey, I'll take your best player, Kevin Durant, for maybe like Randy Foy. What are you thinking? I'll throw in like... Aaron Gordon. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Aaron Gordon and Randy Foy. You know, I'll throw in two for one. What yeah, are you, what that's are your appropriate. Thoughts? Yeah, and then he'll like convince me that like I'm doing the right thing. <laughs> it's like if I was doing the right thing, you wouldn't be offering me the trade in the first place. Right. Yeah. But at the end of the day, this is why I usually come first or second. There's always one. There's always one guy who will accept. Usually it's our buddy Daniel. Who accepts Sunil's trades? He just accepts the bad Okay, one year yeah. I had to message him privately and be like, Daniel, listen, man, you got to stop accepting these trades. <laughs> I know they look good, and I know Sunil makes a good case, but, like, you got to stop. It's for your own good. <laughs> Poor Cass. Yeah, we're not here to talk about uh, fantasy basketball, obviously. Um, we're here to talk about the uh, NBA Finals. Which, Andrew, I hope you have more analysis than just Jimmy Butler is a bad man. Which I don't disagree with. I mean, that's my game three analysis. <laughs> just, okay, we can skip game three then. Yes, yeah. guys, done. game three, wrap up, Jimmy Butler, bad man. Yeah, we had the game of his life. We Listen, just man, talk I'm, about glad. I'm glad he had the game of his life because we have a series now. Yeah, we do. 3-0 but... would have been done. 3-0, we'd be talking about the offseason right now. But, like, I mean, is it really a series, though? Like, no, does it not. change? Does it really change your uh, your analysis of how this is going to go? Well, I mean, we're going to talk about the finals. My analysis is gentlemen sweep. I think the Lakers take the next two. Well, that's what I think as well. How about you, Sunil? I think Jimmy Butler would have something to say about that. Also, we don't know about when Bam's going to come back. But hold up. Okay. I mean, listen, Bam played the first three quarters of game one. They're getting smoked. They had Bam and Dragic for all that time. Didn't matter. Yeah, that was a bad game, but that was also three-point variance. But before we get into that, let's go to... Andrew's uh, well-reviewed segment called The News. I love the news segment. Lots yeah. going on. Always stuff going on in the NBA. Uh, first things first, Sixers have a head coach. Philadelphia 76ers have signed Doc Rivers to a five-year deal. I'm going to throw it to you guys. What are the chances he actually finishes that five-year? Um, five years is a pretty long time. Uh, 
looking at Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons, you see disappointment probably in the future. Who is more likely to finish, to still be a six or five years, coach or Joel Embiid? Uh, I would say Ben Simmons. I think with Joel Embiid, they don't trust Going off the board. Yeah, I gave you two (laughs) options. You picked option C. It's fine. Ben's young. He's got a lot of game to him. Joel has the injury history. And I think just with the way the league's going, they'd rather keep Ben. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Doc makes sense. I know they were talking D'Antoni for that role, which I never understood. Well, it's kind of embarrassing now because, like, we posted the finals preview pod where we're in the news to talk about D'Antoni being a potential 76ers No, he was, though. And then literally a day later, it's like, oh, it's Doc. Well, I mean, he was in the running. I didn't think it made sense, and I'm pretty sure I said that. Like, I don't see how Joel and Ben were going to run seven seconds or less offense with Mike D'Antoni, and obviously not. The new rumored place for D'Antoni is now the New Orleans Pelicans. Is that true? Yeah, that's been long rumored for him as well. Okay. Yeah, I had, I had not heard that, but that's... Uh, I mean, that kind of makes sense, to be honest with you. Young guys, run and gun. You got Lonzo feeding it to Zion on the break. Quick tempo. Yeah. That makes sense. I also wouldn't be surprised if he just took a year off. I mean, sometimes it pays to just, like, take a step back and wait for a better opportunity. I mean, I, mean, I thought Doc Coaches was, are fired every year. Yeah, I told you. I thought Doc was going to do that, but he picked up a job, like, by the time I went to bed, woke up next morning, he was already hired. Yeah, must be nice. <laughs> so, uh, Sixers have a head coach. The Clippers do not. Uh, top four names in running for the Clippers head coach are uh, in fourth place, Mr. Sam Cassell. Thoughts? How do you have this breakdown? Where is this like list coming from? The ether. It's out there. The you ether. know people. Yeah. You I know got, people. I got inside insiders. guys. Look, it's going to be Ty Lu. Like, it's just going to be Wait, wait. I'm getting I there. Agree. I'm getting there. Third yeah, guy. I know who your number one is. No, you don't. I'm, I haven't okay. gotten there yet, so there's no way of you knowing. Third guy, Jeff Van Gundy. No. I think he's thrown out there with like every third coaching vacancy, but it never <laughs> so. seems to happen. Yeah, I think you're right. Every team needs a coach, I hear Jeff Van Gundy's name. Jeff Van Gundy, like, he's a very good basketball mind, but he's gotten to the point now, like, he's been on TV so long, all he does is bitch and moan about like things that are happening in basketball. I don't know if he can actually coach a team because he'd be too busy talking about how like things yeah, should be done. <laughs> totally, but here's what I don't get either. Last time we saw Jeff Van Gundy, he was coaching the Rockets to like a first-round exit. Why is he in such high demand? Because he sounds smart on TV. Everyone knows if you don't get a new coaching job right away, then you go to TV. You, TV always puts you in good positions to sound smart because when you take a step back, it looks great. But that's not true because Mark Jackson's on TV. You think he sounds dumb. I do, but he was also not a very good coach, and no one is asking for him to be coach right now. That's that's true. Take note of that. Yeah, poor Mark. Anyway, uh, number two on this list, which may or may not be true, is Mike D'Antoni. I mean, you're saying he might be going to New Orleans, so maybe that's not, not the case. I don't know where he's going. I'm just saying he's been rumored to a lot of places, including New Orleans. And number one, he is one for one as far as head coaches and championships, Mr. Tyron Lue. So we just went through, like, Two minutes of you putting down a, a list for just to get to the po- the person that both Sunil and I thought. Guys, was people the most love a build up. They love listen. There's nothing more than guys love than countdowns and build ups. Please explain the difference between a countdown and a build up. So a countdown okay, is so going from ten, ten to one, and a build up is also going from ten to one. I'm not sure what the difference is. You could go one to ten. Yeah, but that's is that a build up or what is that? Why would you start with the one? And this is your the this is your terms. Your this take. is your definitions. Like, please explain to us what is happening here. I think it's gonna be Ty Lue. That's what's happening. So you agreed with us. So that yeah. this whole point was a waste. I wanted to go through my list. Do you have any more news? Yeah, I got lots of news. Okay, like moving on. All right, next <laughs> thing. Um, local flat earther and resident idiot Kyrie Irving has put himself back to the spotlight. A couple weeks after the Nets announced two-time MVP Steve Nash as their next head coach. 
Kyrie recently expressed, and I quote, I don't really see the Nets having a head coach. Well, you didn't finish the... You didn't finish the... He said I could be a coach. He said KD could be a coach. Yeah. I mean, look, Steve is the type of person that won't take that too personally, I assume. Um, this is what you get when you get Kyrie. He's going to say stuff like that, and then he'll try to backtrack. And, like, he had a... Obviously, I think, like, a, a Instagram Live video where he's like, oh, like, the haters... You, like, misinterpreted what I was meaning. You guys are always doing this. <laughs> I know I know. Kyrie thinks we're all idiots, but when you speak in plain English, I think we can understand what you're saying. Well, I mean, what he was trying to say, obviously, is that there's a bunch of leaders, so you don't have to, like, necessarily rely on one voice. A bunch of leaders. Kyrie, Flake, KD, Flake. I didn't say they're necessarily good leaders. He also implied LeBron James is not a clutch player. That was the big oh, one. Oh, hold yeah. up. I'm getting to this. We have more Kyrie quotes. Um, Kyrie also said, talking about KD, he said, this is the first time in my career I feel like I have someone I'm comfortable giving the ball to down the stretch. Oh, you must have forgotten about this guy named King James you played with who got you a championship. What about Dion Waiters, who he played with for many years at the start? Like, I mean, maybe he I mean, was come on. Maybe he wasn't comfortable. <laughs> Dion Smith was, was comfortable. Crucial. That's true. There was also JR. There's lots of guys willing to take the big shot, Kyrie. I don't know what you're missing. Yeah, no, that's just, again, like, Kyrie being Kyrie. This is what you get with him. Like, I'm not a fan of Kyrie. I know you're not a fan of Kyrie. Sanjay, you a fan of Kyrie? I'm a fan of his game, not really him on a roster. Let's just remind everybody what Kyrie did in the three years before LeBron. They won 78 games in three seasons with him taking the last shot. Yeah. I hope he was comfortable with that. He was also injured a lot during that. Didn't have any success in Boston either. Yeah, he so, went on. Okay, yeah, so no. messed up the Cavs, left them, went on to ruin the Celtics, and now he's going to inevitably destroy the Nets. So good for him. Yeah, looking forward to it. Great, went, great theater. Yeah, he went to the Celtics. LeBron went back to the finals. Good job, Kyrie. Look, he's just like he kind of comes. He would fit perfectly with the Clippers because they have the same kind of uh, mentality in terms of just boost about things you haven't even really accomplished yet, like on your team. I mean, like Kyrie can say whatever he wants, but. Everyone knows that, like, without LeBron, he's going nowhere. Um, and he has not proved proven at all that he's someone who can be relied upon when you don't have arguably the best player on your team. So, Yes or no, Christopher, does Steve Nash, or has Steve Nash already wished he had not taken this job? Yes or no? Uh, no. Sanj, yes or no? No. So you both think he's cool? He's like, oh, Kyrie, he's fine. He's just joking around. I'll be fine. You can always trade the player. <laughs> but, um, no. Seems unlikely. Like, this is... Uh, Steve Nash has been in the NBA for a long time like in NBA circles, like after his playing careers. I think he's well aware what he's getting in, getting with, with Kyrie. And I think he's trying to harness that skill that is undeniable that he has and try to maybe do away with some of the bullshit that comes with it. I like Steve Nash. I hate KD and Kyrie. I hope somehow Steve Nash does well and the Nets fail. Not sure how that's possible, but I'm hoping for it. I think he knew exactly what he was getting into, and I think they brought him in for that reason. They knew that Kyrie acts this type of way and that they would rather bring in a less experienced guy that may not want to put his imprint on the team too hard and could be. just kind yeah, of let the be. players run the team at this point. Maybe. I yeah. feel like they could have done that with like a lesser name, but sure. I don't think it would have worked with a guy like Tom Thibodeau you or Mike someone, D'Antoni you need or someone, someone with experience. You need someone that they're going to respect as well, right? I guess, yeah. I mean, I'm not sure these, like, quotes, recent quotes, but I kind think, of mutual um, respect. I mean, but. look, I listened to, like, a Bill Simmons podcast, like, kind of talking on this point, so we'll get into it really quickly. But one thing about Steve Nash is, like, he's, throughout his career, even his playing days, like, where he's kind of, in his own way, running the Suns, like, he was dealing with a lot of different personalities. I mean, this is something that's not, 
well-known within NBA circles. But for example, Sean Marion was tremendously problematic in terms of the people that were surrounding him. Like, they were constantly telling him, like, you should be the number one option. Why are you going behind Steve Nash and Amari Stoudemire? That was something that Steve, that, uh, Steve had to deal with on a daily basis. Amari himself, like, was not exactly, like, the easiest person to deal with. That's like, interesting. They had a lot of other guys around them. Leandro Barbosa, like, when he came into the league, was someone that they kind of had to, like, um, he was a firecracker. They kind of had to, like, mold him into the guy that they wanted him to be. The point is, like, he is someone who, in his playing days, has proven to be able to um, kind of... <laughs> thread the needle in terms of like really somewhat difficult personalities, which you encounter a lot in the NBA to lead them towards a conference finals, not a championship, but yeah. you know, no, like he was, he's been someone who's been like successful in dealing with tough personalities. And obviously they're hoping that um, he'll continue to do that going forward. And he's already worked with KD. So he's already, KD already gave him the stamp of approval or else he would not have been hired. That's true. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. Um, I have full trust in Steve Nash. I think he's a good dude on and off the court. I think, uh, I wish him the best. Because you know him so well, right? Yeah, I mean, oh, you mean me and yeah. Steve. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. First name basis. Yeah. yeah. Uh, other news. Uh, coming from Adam Silver, NBA unlikely to temporarily suspend the season for next year's Tokyo Olympics, which are slated to start July 8th. Thoughts on that? Big Sunil, deal, no deal? Sunil, you're the guest. You can go for it. Um, I think with regards to the NBA, they probably aren't taking into consideration the Tokyo Olympics at all because they know the NBA players are going to prioritize the NBA at that point. They want their rings, I think, over the gold medal at this point. But generally, they get both. Generally, they get a, like a right. stoppage. Well, no, hold on. The Olympics are in the summer anyway, so it's never really an issue. It's in it's August. never It's never been an issue. Right. Typically, right. the Olympics and the, the men's, I mean, if you're on the USA team, it's a great training and precursor to the season. Right. Like guys who've had some of the best seasons of their careers come from starting their years off the national team. So here's the thing. They mentioned that obviously Team USA, tons of depth, right? Even if it's not the top guys, like even if it's collegiate level, you can put a team together. But they were saying a lot of the teams that are going to suffer are going to be the other teams, the Spains, the Argentinas, the Brazils. I actually think the USA team is the only one that suffers. They run on NBA teams. A lot of these other uh, European teams... Those guys are just playing in the league, their their own home leagues. They're good players in their own right, and they play in a team system. But generally, but the, top- the the NBA players are like the hired guns, whereas like the other guys are the guys who are like been in the national league teams yeah, for a long that time. That could be, but usually the top one or two guys on those other teams are NBA guys, like a Marcus Saul, like you know Carlos Arroyo was big for his team back in the day. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like, it depends on the team. I mean, like Lithuania has had like a pretty strong team. Um, so is like Australia. Um, and most of those guys are not in the NBA. I mean, obviously they have NBA players, but it's like, that's the national teams for a lot of these random countries that you don't hear about as basketball powers. Um, their, their players are still at home. It's really only the USA That's true. and Canada to a certain extent, but we'll see if it plays out still a long way away. Maybe they'll figure something out. Um, we'll see. I, I mean, I like watching NBA guys in the Olympics. I hope, I hope that pans out. I really don't care about it. I mean, it's like. <laughs> it's it's not that big a competition for the most part. It's weird though. I kind of like watching USA just like demolish all the other teams. Didn't happen in two thousand and three, was it? That was the team with all the like, yeah yeah two thousand four. Yeah. It was a team yeah. with like rookie LeBron, rookie Carmelo. Yeah, they, yeah. Didn't happen young. there. Doesn't That's happen true. all the time. Yeah. Uh, next season, this is kind of old news, but we never talked about it. And I think it's a big deal. The NBA will be ending their partnership with Spalding, and Wilson will become the official basketball of the NBA. That'll take a couple years for people to realize. You think so? <laughs> Everyone thinks about Spalding. I think so too, but I mean, you'll see the big Wilson on the ball 
It'll probably look different. No one's the gonna color like, be a little off. How often do you really look at the ball? Like, did they not make cha- recent changes to the ball? And the players were complaining about the grip. That so was a couple it, years ago. Yeah, that was that was also Spalding. So Spalding did change their own ball. Players hated it, and they went back to the original ball. But this is going to be a totally different brand. Yeah, it's going to be Wilson. But the only way people are going to know about this is if, like after the first game, you get like LeBron, like how are you feeling? So he's like, I just gotta like, I just gotta say like that Wilson ball in my hands. Like, what is empowered. your what is your LeBron? It's not a. I, it's not I'm not like even, a Southern, like an Arkansas. This is not. This is not me doing a LeBron accent. <laughs> Sounds like you were doing somebody. It wasn't my accent, but it wasn't LeBron's accent. That was something that was. That was a different LeBron. I don't know what. That, that was LeBron from Oklahoma. Listen to the words I'm saying, not the <laughs> way I'm saying them. Point um, is, like, yeah, it, I as, unless they plug it, I I don't think people are going to notice. Maybe not. Maybe not. I, I think mean, we're still going to get some complaints, though. I think so, too. Like, it's an entirely different ball. Even if they try and replicate the feel, like, it's a different ball. It's going to be a little different. I don't know. Um, all right, finishing up the news here. Larry Sanders, former Milwaukee Buck, looking to make another comeback. Last time we saw Larry, he was playing for the Cavs, averaging 0.8 points and 0.8 rebounds. Is this going to be a successful comeback for Mr. Sanders? I have my doubts about that. I feel like it's been way too long since he's been out the league. Uh, yeah, I, I don't, like, who's going to sign him after that I'm Cavs I'm not sure his season? game has translated either. I think, I think he voiced that because he said he could guard Anthony Davis. Of course you're going to say that. Yeah. I didn't say that. Doesn't mean it's right. It's funny that you haven't said that. I have not heard that from you yet. I'm saying right now, I can guard Anthony Davis. Heat, sign me up. Well, let's see. Let's see who gets One of card- very few people that say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, like... Just give me a shot, game four. I mean... Can you imagine, like, one team's looking down their list of, okay, who can stop Anthony Davis? Well, we only have Larry Sanders, and we have Chris. <laughs> it's going to be one of them. Uh, I think that's it for the news. Okay. That's all I got. Oh, no, I got one more. Oh, this is a good one. Over the weekend, LeBron James Jr., a.k.a. Bronny James, was seen on Instagram smoking a little weed. To punish him, LeBron will A, ground him, B, take his phone away, or C, make sure he gets ended up drafted by the Cavs. A, B, or C, boys. <laughs> I don't think he cares. I don't think C just because of the whole Dan Gilbert relationship at this point. Are you sure LeBron doesn't end his career in Cleveland? Well, I think the ideal way would be like if Bronny, who like, I mean, we were talking about this earlier, Andrew Offpod, or like you're just assuming because I guess you're playing too much NBA 2K that like Bronny James is going to be like some NBA prospect. Meanwhile, like, yeah, Literally. dude, you blew my mind with that stat. I honestly thought Bronny James was, like, the top recruit in the nation for his age. Okay, and, like, for the dude's list- averaging, like, six points a game. Yeah, okay, so for the listeners out there, Bronny James is LeBron James's son. He's very highly touted because of his last name. Meanwhile, he's only six foot two, 170 pounds. I mean, he's granted he's a freshman in high school. Um, and he averaged 6.1 points per game in, like, a high-ranking program in California. Like, LeBron, when he was his age, was doing better. But, like, look... The point is, this guy is not right now a top prospect. He may end up being there, and the stat, quote-unquote, I blew your mind with, was literally just looking him up on Google and the first link, sending it to you. I don't, I don't like feel t- the need to do research. Like, Andrew is telling me that like this guy's going to be number one overall pick without even knowing anything about him other than his name, and I'm like, here's the stats. What do you think? He's like, oh, shit. Well, hold up. He's in grade, what, nine? Going into grade 10. Okay, so there's still a very good chance he does end up being six foot eight and being the number one overall pick. I don't think there's a very good chance. I think he has a there's growth never spurt a left good, in him. Yeah, there's, but being six foot eight and being number one overall pick, you can never say there's a very good chance of that happening to a six foot two guy in grade 10. <laughs> I'm telling you right now. Um, know, there's been a lot of NBA guys that have like shot up in their senior year. You're right. There's always the random person to do it, but individually, neither of them, none of them have a very good chance. That was very surprising. Yeah, shame, on, but, shame on you, Bronny James, for not being better. Yeah, but the point is, like, look, I think LeBron 
who's like the um, media um, expert in terms of most NBA players, to just like, I'm angry at you because you got caught. Just learn not to be... Cameras are always going to be around this guy. It's probably good, uh, a good life lesson for Bronny to realize that like, he's not a normal kid. He's going to be in the spotlight a lot. Maybe be careful where you're smoking your weed. Yeah, but I mean, I think it was his phone. Wasn't it his phone? Didn't he record himself? Dude, I don't even know. That seems like a bit of an oversight. Did he record himself? Did you watch the video? I didn't watch the video. I just heard about it. I did. I don't know if it was his phone or not. I don't know. Kids these days. No respect. We hope you're enjoying this episode of the Inquisitive Bro Podcast. We know you listen to us, but more importantly, we want to hear from you. Did you disagree with one of our takes? Did you catch a mistake that we made? Do you have your own take about something we discussed that maybe we didn't consider or failed to mention? If that's the case, we want to hear from you. Hit us up on Instagram, at the Inquisitive Bro. Or even if you want to just reach out and say what up, that's cool too. If you make a good point, bring us an interesting take of your own, or you get us talking about something cool you brought to the table, you just may hear us giving you a shout out and discussing your take on our next podcast. All right, well, we're not done yet. As always, thanks for listening. Now, back to the pod. All right, we're going to get into this big game one. Lakers blow out the heat. Um, I mean, I, I, can't, I thought it was going to be a little closer. Game one at the gate, I thought it was going to be competitive. Didn't happen. It reminded me of, um, it's kind of like the 1993 finals uh, with MJ against the uh, the Phoenix Suns. Like, if you watch the, the last dance, right? Yeah, yeah. Barkley. Um, Barkley talks about how they just weren't ready game one. And that kind of ended up being a really big, uh, like, swing swing game for the series. They lost in six. But um, it's the same thing. Like, the Heat came out. They were fully healthy until, like, obviously Drogic and Bam got hurt. But they just literally didn't come out ready, right? That wasn't the Heat that we saw the first three rounds. Well, here's the thing. So Miami did get off to a hot start, right? The first six minutes of right. the first quarter, they were looking good. And I was like, oh, boy. Like, LeBron's in trouble, as always. And, like... I'm, I'm nervous early on. And then Lakers came out, looked a little flat-footed, a little slow in the first six minutes. And then it was over. That was the game. Yeah, well, three-point variance was huge, obviously, for the Lakers. I mean, they... they went to Davis early and often. Like, they out rebounded them. The size advantage was so obvious in game one. Um, who knew 60 years of tall men dominating the game of basketball was still going to work today? Didn't see that one coming. Well... Small ball only works if, like, you're more skilled than the other team, right? Well, That's the trade-off hold you on. make. Small ball only works if the other team isn't big. Like, we no, 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 no. We have not seen a lot of dominant big teams over the past six years because everybody has gone small ball. Because typically your smaller players are more skilled, which, like, generally proves to be the better play. The point is, this is what makes Lakers so unique, is that... They don't have to go small because their big guys are just as skilled as your small guys. There's only a couple guys who can do what Anthony Davis and LeBron James do, and they're on the same fucking team. So, I mean, what are you going to do about that? Um, the only thing I'd say about Game 1 is, like, three-point variance absolutely fucked the, the Miami Heat. Like, we talked about in our um, our preview where, like, the, the, the Lakers uh, bench players obviously, like, are not that good. This yeah. is obviously a very top-heavy team. They went 11 for 17 from three in that first half. Dude, they shot um, 65% from three in the first half. The that's Lakers. A, that, AKA 11 for 17. Thanks for that. I'm just giving them the fraction <laughs> and to the correlation. To and the, that is after being down 13, I think, in the first quarter. Yeah, no, yeah. no. They stormed back. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, like, the Heat, I mean, they're known for, like, obviously this tough, this iteration, the Heat are known for this hard-nosed, uh, tough, scrappy team. They came out to the big lead great they were playing well and then they got down and there was no counter punch and then the rest of the game was just like that's where they didn't come out ready like Tyler Hero looked tight 
for example, compared to the Celtics. He made a couple dumb turnovers where he, like, stepped on the line when he was going to take a shot. It's like, okay, that's dumb. Yeah. Like, uh, just little things here and there. Like, when you have two good teams, the margins are very thin. And, like, these 50-50 plays um, that can really swing games. And, like, the Lakers were just winning everything in game one. Yeah, I mean... And, frankly, their, game two. Like, in their playoff rotation, like, the Heat have a couple new guys. Like, Aaron Robinson, like, not used to big games. The Lakers are all vets. Mm-hmm. Even the guys who suck have been here before. Danny Green's been in the finals a couple times. Veteran, like, veteran at sucking. Like, yeah, they, no, I know. <laughs> many players in the Lakers have been sucking but for that's several why years. They, Pat Riley got Iguodala and Crowder at the deadline. That no, that was a big trade. Yeah, we talked about that on other pod. Like that move is what really like swung their season around. If you look at their like regular season rotation for their playoff rotation, it's very different. I mean, now they're starting to like incorporate guys like Nunn and Olenek. Almost out of desperation, but like they well, cut li- those guys not out even, of the Celtics. Series. Not even almost. It's literally out of necessity. <laughs> yeah, no, I know. The bodies were dropping in game one. Yeah, I mean for game one for the Lakers, it really helps when like Jason, Ro- like when Rondo's looking like Jason Capono out there. Guy shooting like he, game one, he was shooting like forty four percent. After game two, he was shooting like forty six percent from three. I know it dropped a little bit in game three, but like this guy's on fire from distance. Yeah, Rajon Rondo, sharp shooter. Any any time you get a little help from the uh, the bench guys for the Lakers, that's great. And you saw game one, game two. LeBron and AD go absolutely off, and the bench guys chipped in a little bit. And then you see game three, like, you still had huge performances from Kuzma and Morris relatively to what you're expecting, yeah. but because AD got in foul trouble, um, it wasn't it wasn't enough, and they ended up losing that game. And um, we can discuss a little later about, like, a potential way where the Miami Heat can, going forward, win some more games in the series and potentially steal it, because there is, like, a realm of possibility where that can happen, although I don't see it. Listen, when Rondo got hurt and like we knew he was going to come back mid-playoffs, I told you he was going to be big. And you're like, ah, he's always washed up. I don't think he's going to make a big difference. He has been everything to that second unit. And he's also finishing the games for them at PG. That's true. I did say that early on. And I've since, like, in several podcasts since, uh, I've backtracked on that because he's like the, their third best player. Yeah, like the, the way he's able to get, like, like, useless offensive guys open looks, like KCP open shots, Kuzma good looks, like, that's, that's massive for them. Especially when LeBron's off the court. That's great to get some offense. I think it's just a flip he switches in the playoffs. I mean, in the regular season in recent years, he's consistently shot very poorly. Rondo? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, dude, Rondo of his career has got, like, these big-ass hands. Like, he can't make jump shots. We know that. He seems to be the kind of guy that uh, shows up when, his, when he has a good team and the stakes are high. It's like he doesn't bother. <laughs> he's yeah. like, ah, this team's not going anywhere. I'm not going to put the doesn't effort out. Doesn't seem to try, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Rondo's definitely a gamer. I agree with you on that point. Like, I'm never going to have problems with having Rondo in a big game and thinking he's going to, like, be jittery or fuck shit up. He might not be good enough but um, in like, certain situations. But I will say, like, in this final series, it's not he's not actually shooting um, better than he was during the regular season. I mean, during the this final season, through three games, he's now shooting 33% from three. During this regular season this year, he shot 32. So, I mean... Yeah, I know, but like he had a bad he had a bad game three shooting. Like over game one and two, he was on fire. Okay, but I mean, in short sample sizes, you can have huge uh, percentage variances. It just happens to be the fact that like through three games, he's still shooting basically his career average. So you're getting what you're Maybe. actually getting what you expect from Rondo. I guess yeah. So. Well, I mean yeah, sort of. I guess if you are gonna have a bad shooting game, might as well be the one game that you actually did lose. But big thing with Rondo is that like as the other. Five guys, like, looking at him, defending him. Like, you got to be so mindful of what's going on off-ball. Because anybody makes any kind of a cut, Rondo will find you. He can get, he can get shots for any of the other four guys he's been at getting, any time. He's been giving them a lot of lobs. Um, Rondo to Dwight. I love seeing Rondo that. Rondo to AD. Yeah. yeah, Rondo to AD. He's been doing a bunch of that. Like, But 
Um, yeah, I guess uh, just swinging to you, Sunil, what have you been seeing in these first three games? Let's just amalgamate these games because I think we're kind of talking. <laughs> we can bring up different points from each game. Yeah, we can. I mean, let's, let's be honest here. Like, the game one story was the injuries. Right. And Dar- the fact Dar- that and the fact that I would say the injuries and the fact that it became pretty apparent early on that the Lakers are just bigger, stronger, like better. Yeah, <laughs> like they had the he had no answer for that. Like Josh goes down in the third quarter after rolling his foot on like what looked like a blade of grass, like a piece of dust. The Jimmy Butler injury looked worse to me. Yeah, I know. At Dude, the, time. the the Dragic replay, like I watched the replay and I'm like, all right, what's the issue? You Tor- have Torres fascia, plantar fascia. That's the issue. I just, I know that. I guess that is the issue. Well, well said, Chris. Uh, I'm just not exactly sure how that happened, given that on the replay, nothing happened. Mm-hmm. I doubt he's going to come back this series, especially when he's going to be a free agent. No, he won't. We will not see him again this series. We'll see Bam. We're not going to see Goran. That's like the biggest uh, uh, thing about winning Game Three is that you're buying yourself some extra time to get Bam in. Hopefully, like a modicum of healthy, whatever pain meds you need to shoot him up with although i know he hates uh, he apparently hates needles that became a the Yo, one my of the man i hate needles too that is Damn, true yeah. okay way huge tangent but so andrew and i have been friends since jk like we met in when we were four years old where are you in, going with this um I'll i guess i'll you. see i've yeah. known andrew for a long time so i've been through school with him all throughout and you know in school where eventually you have your vaccines like your mandatory vaccines you got to do um and so Andrew's just ahead of me in line. I think, what is this, like um, HPV or some shit or like hepatitis? No, it was like hep, hep C. Hep yeah, B and C. One, of the, one of the standard ones that, yeah. that you'd get um, if you're in Canada. And, <laughs> and um, anyway, so Andrew does his vaccine and he told me he was worried, but he get, does it, gets up, looks fine, walks out the room, and like I get mine, turns out Andrew took five steps <laughs> and then passed the fuck out in the middle of the hallway. Yeah, listen, I did my part. My part was just to stand there and take the vaccine. I don't know what they did. I don't know what they put in me. It doesn't sound like that vaccine worked. I, I mean, I don't have hep C, so that's good. Yeah. All just, I remember is I I remember waking up, like, coming to... I don't think I totally... Pa- like, I did fall down, but I remember coming to with the juice box. My feet were elevated, and there was another, another kid. Remember Jordy? Yeah. He was little. He was beside me, too, so I guess he also had passed out. So <laughs> I think we were a little too old for juice boxes. But anyway, I had like some Fruitopia thing in my hand. That was fun. But uh, yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't great. <laughs> I still don't like needles. I avoid them at all costs. Oh, yeah. I'm like two years behind my tetanus shot. I just won't go in because I don't want the needle. Oh, shit. Um, but yeah, basically like people can be afraid of needles. That's pretty normal, but you still got to do them sometimes. And I think yeah, listen, man, you this... man up. I manned up for hep C. You can man up for whatever cortisol That's why you do it, you do it way, way pregame. Give them enough time to pass out. Do you think they offer the... Bam a juice box? Sure, why not? That might help make it better. It's part of heat culture. Juice boxes. <laughs> heat culture all around. Juice box for everybody. Um, all right, well, that's not, uh, that's what I got for game one. One other thing I got for we game one. Talk, we're way off on just pure game one. Uh, I know, but I haven't things. gone into my pure game two stuff, but there's one thing I did want to say, and okay, this is what? my observation. After game one, over the course of an NBA season, I'm talking preseason, regular season, playoffs, finals, LeBron has been and currently still is the best player in the league. Yes. He might not be the best player one day in February or a random Wednesday in March, you know, but over the course of one season, if you, okay, I'm going to ask you guys this. Next year, fantasy draft for one year, who are you taking first overall? Giannis. What? What? He's the best fantasy player. No, no, no. Oh, my mistake. Uh, I meant fantasy draft as in everybody's available. Oh. But, like, you're actually picking for a team, like, to oh. win a championship. 
than LeBron, which was the yes. answer you wanted. Okay, thank you very much. Oh, man, <laughs> yeah. that was I was not I ready for that. I think I go with LeBron too. Yeah, you I'm could telling pair him you, with anybody. Because look at this way: nine of the past ten, nine of the last ten years. I'm getting ahead of myself here. Who was in the finals, Mr. LeBron James? Is it is it out of this question? Think he's not going to be there again next year? No, he's got still a really good team next year. LeBron's the man. Still the man. Was the man. Always was the man. Forget all this talk about Kevin Durant being the man. Giannis being the man. It's LeBron's the man. Giannis can't make it out of the same East that LeBron was doing every year. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. Like, LeBron was coasting through the East. Coasting. Like, easy. Not easy. He made it once before he went to the Heat. Wasn't easy. Then he went to the Heat and Okay, but well, hold up. I don't consider anything LeBron did before the but, Heat to be LeBron's fault. Okay, fine. But then why are you... Uh, <laughs> then you're blaming Giannis. With, uh, excuse me. Stop. But Giannis, Giannis is a supporting cast much better than LeBron's fine, pre-Heat. Fair enough, I would say. But, like, also, like... It takes time to for uh, these types of players who have a lot on their shoulders to kind of mature and make the the types of basketball plays you need to win. But the like same LeBron, time, LeBron had to learn how to be like a true winner. He learned that in Miami. Ultimately, dude. I Le- mean, he LeBron LeBron scored twenty eight straight points against the Pistons to go to the finals. Giannis can't make a twelve footer. He can't. He does. So he just chooses not to. He usually just jumps from about twelve feet and makes it. Yeah, Giannis is a different player though. Giannis is best suited as a center, and I think that's his ultimate. Like, um, the next team he goes to will utilize him at center much more. Because you're gonna have that conversation. Giannis, welcome to the team. We want you to play center. Yeah. 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 I mean, I don't disagree. I mean, I don't think he'll start at center. I think it'll be one of those things where like closing lineups. Similar to Anthony Davis. Yeah, hundred percent. Except that Giannis is not afraid to bang. Um, he whereas Anthony Davis is the finesse guy that Andrew yeah. talked about, like he's a finesse player. Giannis is a brute guy. Like he's gonna go and dunk over you. Um, I don't think he wants to go down low with Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid. No, as you much, still though. need like you still need big guys. Like you still need big guys. But I mean, for the most part, I think your best lineup is suited at him as center, and that's where I think he'll end up. Um, because his lack of shooting is gonna be a thing. I don't think he's gonna drastically improve his shooting to the point where he's a knockdown shooter like a Kevin Durant. Um, or even a LeBron James, who's a pretty good three-point shooter when he needs it. Yeah, um, I think so too. But that's neither here nor there. LeBron is obviously the best player in the league. Um, Year seventeen. Yeah, he's great. I mean, he's fi- he's so smart. Um, you can't like. I mean, the Miami Heat aren't even playing zone as much anymore as they did against the Celtics, which threw the Celtics off completely because LeBron can pick it apart. Um, and they've also been, and also the zone makes it very hard to rebound as well. And we could talk about that being a yeah. theme, well, underlying I mean, theme. Let's do it. So game two, like, he tried a bunch of different things. They tried Mandy. They tried Zone D, which was even worse than the Mandy. And the reason for that was Lakers were picking it apart, right? Moved around. Boom, boom, boom. Three passes. The last pass was behind the defense, and you break the zone. It wasn't rocket science. When you have big guys, you can do that fairly easily. And you have great passers. LeBron on one side, Rondo on the other side. It's easy to feed it down low. Zone didn't yeah. work. I'm looking at the series stats, for example, and the Lakers are out-rebounding. Um, the Miami Heat by uh, 31 total rebounds. Um, but on the offensive glass, I mean, they have, um, let's see, they have 36 offensive rebounds and the Miami Heat only have uh, 14. So. Yeah, I mean, that's like, I mean, second chance points. That's a yeah. big story. But that's Kelly Olynyk standing out at the three-point line, right? <laughs> a Man. little bit of that, yeah. I think Kelly's just happy he's, he's been good. playing. Kelly's been good. Like uh, Big game three. I think he gives up a lot more he than does. he makes, though. He does, but I don't think he's been... He does a lot of standing he, around. Yeah, I don't, <laughs> he does. He does do that. But the Lakers haven't exploited that yet enough. Which I love they that totally in-depth could. analysis. He just stands. He's just there. I saw a lot of times where LeBron just drove and Kelly would just be about five to eight feet away from him and he would just observe the king. <laughs> 
What's he gonna do? Just watch him walk up there and lay down. Listen, man, it's a hell of a show. I'd watch him too. Actually, that Sunil brings up a really good point. I want to, um, or touched on a really good point. I want to bring up in the fact that, like, so um, obviously, one thing, the one theme about this uh, this series is the fact that the Lakers are looking so much bigger. And but really, and really, we're talking about LeBron and AD because you think like, look how many you think well, that's no, no, like, and Dwight. Many, yeah, Dwight's been big, but that, he's not like he's not been. The most effective last game, he had what, like two points? <laughs> yeah, it's weird though. Just having him out there like makes a difference. Like they threw a couple over the top lobs. Like just having him out there like pulls the defense to him. You can't leave him. I, I don't know. I, I like the game Dwight's had so far over the three games. I think he's been effective. I think Myers Leonard has done a decent job against him in the last couple games. It's weird, yeah. Like he did okay in game three, but at the same time, like they're not running plays for Dwight. He's getting like he's not getting play calls for him. He's getting lobs. He's getting um, lobs. Yeah, but. The point is, like I wanted to say, is that so the Lakers are um, during the regular season were the number one team at shooting at the rim this year, um, out of all the league, uh, out of all the teams, and Miami was the worst at defending the rim this year, which has a lot to do with um, their their prevalence to go zone, um, and the fact that they kind of play smaller, um, right? So, and when they're just destroying Miami, I kind of was thinking like, okay, like it looks like it's going to be a lot of rim attacks. Um, that's been killing them because it kind of looks when you see the highlights, you see LeBron and AD doing that the entire time. Yeah. But if you look at the games, uh, in fact, Miami has outscored and shot better at the rim than the Lakers um, at the rim. So the, the actual answer is, and this goes back to the entire ethos that is the Lakers. It's just LeBron and AD. It's just LeBron and AD who's doing it. Yeah, I mean, um, dude, did Game Three not show you what happens to this team when LeBron and AD aren't playing the best? Yeah, there was um, nobody. Yeah, it's just like LeBron and AD are making layups, making dunks, and then the rest of the team is like bricking their way to hopefully mediocrity where uh, maybe they'll have like a hot shooting three-point game, which they did in game one, and very much not so in game three for several key members, including Danny Green. Over, under, two more three-pointers for Danny Green made this this series. Under, and then ask me again, but make it zero. I'm going to also under under on two? Yeah, I think the Lakers are going to win the next two games, and Danny Green went 0 for 6 in game 3, which means he has to hit two three-pointers over the next two games, and I'm going to say under. He's hit, over the <laughs> over the last two games, he's hit one three-pointer. Can he increase that rate? Sunil, what do you think? I would go over two. I, I expect him to hit maybe two or three at this point. So for people at home that don't know Danny Green, his skill set is a knockdown three-point shooter. Allegedly. If they're listening to listen this, they, they know Danny Green. He's... Garbage. He's garbage. I, I, there's a poll going around, like a little, like you gotta sign it, like to get Danny Green to, if they win the championship, to lose his ring out of how bad he's been. Danny Green's been pretty bad, and that's why no one's talking about him going back to back. Back to back, what? Can, back to back champs? Back to back champs, because yeah. he consistently does pretty well in the regular season, and his percentages drop significantly mm-hmm. for the whole playoff run. But the one thing you can say about Danny Green to, like, give him some props is the fact that at least, like, um,. I can trust him a little bit with like certain game situations. Um, I, he typically doesn't make stupid plays. He's been in a lot of big games. Uh, he um, made a stupid play I, with the Raptors. I know you're going to bring up that one play in game the six. Turnover. Which was like yes. literally. Yes. See, I yeah. didn't prep Sunil for this and he knows the turnover. Yeah, everyone does. But I said, that's why I said generally. I didn't say always. So only in big I'm trying moments. to, I'm trying to like, I'm trying to give him some like props for. Is Danny, I don't understand why. Is Danny Green paying you under the table? No, I'm just trying to like. I try to. I believe you got to give someone like the full extent, like the negative and the positives, of what they can do. They're never as bad as you say they are, but they're also never as good as you say they are. Yeah, no you worries. Know? Okay, like, you can you find like, me the positive in an zero for six shooting night? Great transition, D. 
<laughs> you just love giving Danny Green that great transition D stamp of approval. That's all he's got left. <laughs> yeah, that's what yeah. you say for everybody who's not a shot blocker anymore, really. No, he's too slowed down too much. No, he's uh, he's pretty bad. Did you guys see any panic in the Heat start of game two? So like against the Celtics, they won the seven man rotation. They played eight guys in the first quarter. Um. Little I think that's more about no. the matchups, though, right? They were kind of scrambling after all the injuries in Game 1. So yeah, scramble they were Myers Leonard didn't play at all in Game 1. And right, but a scramble out. to me sounds like a bit of a panic. Well, when you lose your best player and your third best player, then, you know, you might have to panic a little bit. Yeah, your top <laughs> scorer and your best defender at the rim. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. No, okay. I mean, Davis had Davis did everything he wanted in Game 2. At one point, he was 14 to 15 from the floor. Yeah, um, because he is such a unique... Um, matchup problem. He's such a unique player. Actually, I mean, I actually think that he should be better and his shot selection should be better. I really hate that he relies so much on his jumper, which, I mean, frankly, is a really good jumper. Man, you make a good point. Like, I have not been a fan of Anthony Davis leading up to this finals, like, when he was in New Orleans, even regular season, because I thought his shot selection for the amount of talent he has was terrible. Horrible. He settles for garbage shots. And the problem is he makes them, though. He does make them. <laughs> I know, but, like, he could make them at such a higher clip. Like, he could go 14 to 15 more regularly if he would just stick in the paint. Yeah, I'd like to see him, like, go and do some uh, drive a little bit more. I mean, uh, they won the first two games, but, I mean, in game one, for example, they were putting Crowder on to start, and he was just shooting over Crowder, which is kind of what Miami wanted him to do. The thing was he was making them. Um, he's making threes pretty, like... Uh, let me look at the, the series stats. For it's him. just, it's just disappointing. Dude, he's shooting, like, he's shooting 57% from three, 64% from the floor. Wait, wait, like, wait, hold up. He's shooting 57% from three? Yeah, in his finals, yeah. Okay, that's gonna be a small sample size. It's three, it's a three-game sample size. It's, no, no, uh, but how many is he actually taken? It's four for seven. Okay, I mean, okay. that's, that's but still, like, yeah. I mean... I did enjoy watching the three-man fast break of LeBron James, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis. That was fun to watch. All of them are bigger than pretty much anyone Miami's thrown out there. Yeah, especially when like you're as a defender, your last, your first man back is usually your point guard. Like I was watching like little guys try and stop that fast break. I was like watching the monsters. We'll get off uh, the kind of the Laker centric uh, game one, game two chat. Um, flip it to game three. Big difference you guys saw in that, and maybe some uh, takeaways going forward. Um, to make this, I know we all think, I guess this is going to be a five game series, but what is the counterpoint to that? What can the heat do to make this a longer series and maybe win it? Okay. Well, I mean like, what do they do in game three? So they got AD in foul trouble when they yeah. dumped it down low, they brought the double team force AD to pass out of the double team. He had a million turnovers, did not do that well. I think LeBron and AD in the first quarter combined for like eight turnovers. They had 13 on the game. Combined? Between, yeah. Yeah, so like that's terrible. So maybe you do have to pressure AD. you got to send a double team. Um, it's not actually a bad call because, like, who's he kicking it to? I mean, KCP's bricking threes. Danny Green's, Green. Danny Green's obviously <laughs> bricking threes. So, I mean, they probably go with the same same strategy game four, right? We don't know if Bam's going to play, so they might be going out with the same lineup. I think they go with the exact same strategy. I'm willing to bet that Bam does not play. But, yeah, that's... um. That's literally what I think as well. I think um, the way that Miami can try to steal this is obviously like getting AD in foul trouble. One of LeBron or AD, but LeBron's going to bitch and whine at every single call, and like the refs are scared of him, so it's probably going to have to be AD. This is a yeah, true, but this is a weird series because it, like when you look at the stats and like you even go advanced analytics and you look at like trying to pinpoint exactly why one team is winning and why the other team is not. Like I, I think I talked about this before the pod. I'm going to share it now. End of game two, like. Harold Olenek combined 41 points, okay? 
Miami went 31 of 34 from the free throw line. They got there 17 more times than the Lakers. Miami also shot 40% from three. Danny Green and KCP combined combined three of 19 from three in game two. Jimmy Butler went 25 and 13. He lost by 10. Like, based on those stats, you would think, oh, dude, they would have rolled them. They played a great team game. So, like, what? I don't even know what the Heat can necessarily do aside from Jimmy Butler having an all-time 40-point, triple-double, 70% shooting, no threes game. Well, I can tell you exactly what they did in game two. And they got 97 shots to the Miami Heat's 71 shots. They completely destroyed them on the, uh, on the rebounds. They didn't have to shoot as good a percentage of them. They literally had more possessions and more chances. So is that um, the game plan for game four? The game plan for game four is, I mean, uh, for Miami, is to continue what they were trying to do. Hope for, like, I mean, you can't expect what Jimmy did to uh, just did to go again. That was the best game of his life. Um, I think Jimmy will have a good game because it's proven that literally um, the... <laughs> The, the smorgasbord of people that they've been throwing at Jimmy, which is like KCP, Danny Green, and even Cal Kuzma, is just not up to snuff. They've been trying to throw Morris on that, and I still don't think that's going to work. Um, Jimmy's been attacking. Um, he's not going to score 40 points again, no. like not taking a three. Which but here's is, the thing, like, does he have to? In the first no. quarter, Lakers had 10 turnovers. They had 11 field goal attempts. They could not have played worse. Okay, that first quarter could not have gone worse for the Lakers. At the end of one, they were down three. Yeah, they... Um, Exactly. I mean, like, the Lakers played terribly. you got to hope that they play terribly again. And um, Duncan Robson, Tyler Hero shooting, like, collectively, like, 26% from three. Um, you hope for uh, fortuitous three-point variance to bump up. I mean, the Lakers were the, one of the worst three-point shoot, three shooting teams in the league during the regular season. Miami was one of the best. Um, currently, right now, they're shooting exactly the same percentage um, at 34.5%. Or like, the Lakers are. Uh, no, both, both teams. teams. Both teams, yeah, but they're also launching. Lakers set the all-time finals record for most threes attempted. Yeah, they're launching. The, Lakers that's, are hitting about what we expect, though. They're well, hitting, but like they're taking way more. Right. They're hitting, yeah. But what I'm saying is that basically for Miami to hope to win the series is they need, I mean, one of their, literally one of their, their strengths, if you had to look at it uh, prior to them playing, was their three-point shooting. They can't tie the three-point battle. They have to win it. They have, their, they have to have their sharpshooters start draining buckets and they ho- they have to hope that the the weak shooters on the Lakers continue to miss and that's like a way in which they can do that. Do you think they go uh, at they Davis potentially win? Do you think they go at Anthony Davis early try and get him to foul trouble again? 100% they should. Yeah, I think so too because when he sat down with two quick fouls like they took advantage of that smaller yeah. Laker lineup. Yeah. Jimmy was, getting, Jimmy was getting in, getting to the bucket easier. If he was getting in because there wasn't two bigs down there, it was collapsing the defense, he was able to kick it out for a couple threes. Like, I think they go at him early, often, trying to get Davis into foul trouble again. Yeah, uh, so, so Sunil, going to game four, what if you're um, Eric Spolstra, what's your plan for the first quarter? What are you trying to start off with, and, like, what do you want to try to do? I think you just got to try to, like he, like Andrew said, uh, you got to get AD comfortable maybe taking jump shots, not attacking the rim, because we all know there's no rim protection in Miami with Bam or without. Um I think Miami's got to convert on their three-point shots if they want any chance of winning the series as a whole because they're going to get killed on the rebounds every night. Yeah. Um, I want to jump on that point. Like, uh, You watched the, the post-game uh, conference, I assume, where Jimmy, because like, Jimmy had the best game, so Rachel Nichols was interviewing him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, what's the difference between this one and that one? That one? He's like, we rebounded this game. Well, actually, like, the rebounds were really similar. They, the, um, well, they were fighting for them more, I think. I, yeah, it was uh, Miami. Miami had uh, what is it, thirty-seven rebounds? I'm looking now. Um, they had a total of thirty-seven rebounds, 
and the Lakers had a total of 43 rebounds. In game two, where, like, the story was that they got rebound out-rebounded like crazy, um, Miami had 37 rebounds, and the Lakers had 44 rebounds. So unless you want to say that the disparity was less one rebound, then it wasn't that they got out-rebounded. I mean, that they rebounded better. That was incorrect on Jimmy's part. Okay, so obviously Jimmy didn't see that, or he wouldn't have said that. But, no, no, it makes an interesting point. Like, he obviously felt that they won the Battle of the Glass. Wonder why that was. Well, they weren't giving as many, nearly as many offensive rebounds, which was a big thing in Game 2. But right. what really happened was the Lakers turned it over so much more in Game 3 and this is the first game in the series where um, the, the Heat actually had more shot attempts than the Lakers. The Lakers, because they'd been rebounding so well in the first two games um, and taking care of the ball, they had more shots than Miami both times. That's when you get more shots, like what, you're going to have a better chance of winning. What are we thinking LeBron and AD said when they got back to the locker room? Like this was the one bad game they had all season and like supporting cast just couldn't help them out. I think Markeith and Kuz actually stepped up a little bit. I mean, AD yeah, okay. just wasn't being Kuz aggressive. Kuz had a good first half, and like the only time, the only reason the game was close at the end is because Markeith went five of eleven from deep. So I mean, that was good. But he's been chucking all series. They just started going in a little more. I guess. <laughs> yeah. But that's a that's a potential thing of concern for the Lakers. I, I I'm trying to like drum up the Lakers' uh, concern level here, but that's a potential thing of concern where like they had a good game from some role players and they still lost. Um, I like, but like I, they would trade a good Davis game for like a good right. role player game. I like to always think like I know Bill Simmons does this, but I think it's always fun to kind of think through a, a series in terms of like how is it won by a team before it's played. Like in terms of games, okay, like so Lakers, like they're gonna have their LeBron game, they're gonna have their AD game, they're gonna have an AD and LeBron game, like, and maybe you could think it's like well they're gonna have a game, they're gonna need a game to win the series where it's like the role players do some stuff because. It's very rare in that a finals is won by a team where a role player doesn't have like a big moment. I think like a very key example of this is uh, LeBron in 2011, where um, um, oh my god, why am I? I think it was Shane Battier. Well, Shane Battier had a huge one, but uh, Mike Miller. Oh yeah, uh, right. Yeah, losing, missing a shoe. Missing a shoe. Like, it was the last game of the series, I think. The one was that, that the won closing it. game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the closing game. I think yeah. he went seven, seven for seven, right? Yeah, for like or seven yeah. for eight, like. Yeah. Shit like that happens. I, I mean, last year with a uh, fucking Van Vliet going absolutely off. Right. Um, but to counter your point, I honestly think this might be the first series where like yeah. that doesn't happen. And I that's think the, the, I think for LeBron and AD will have two more good games. Everybody else will just be yeah. Like, and that's the that's the that's the reality of the situation. Yeah. Like as we kind of like start wrapping up, it's just that projecting forward is just the, the fact is that the Lakers are clearly a better team, especially with the Heat um, suffering those injuries. I'm not even sure if they're that much of a better team. I just know they're a bigger team. They're you can better. make up for skill with size. Yeah, that's true. Especially defensively. They have the two, they have the two best players in this, uh, in this series. Um, yeah, but man, this is why I was down in the Lakers early. I'm like, I don't think they have enough depth. But apparently, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It hasn't mattered, and it's probably not going to matter. Um, we can come back here, and it turns out that it's like a 3-3 series going into Game 7 because this is one thing that the Lakers... Like shame on them for doing is that they did not give their best effort in Game Three, and I'm sure LeBron is absolutely furious at the rest of his team for this. But like, when you have a team down, you gotta make sure they stay down. Okay, um, over under LeBron stats for Game Four, thirty nine and nine over under. Like, do I have to say on each one? No, no, total. Is he gonna go over all of them or under? I He's gonna he go could, over thirty points. I don't think he hits thirty. Really. He, he only had he only had I think twenty six points in game three and 
Um, he but should, he's he, been he's been he needed to be a lot more aggressive. He's going been deflecting to AD Jimmy. a lot, especially all, like these playoffs. I, I think he's gonna have a statement game. Well, I think the problem with Game Three too was AD. I think only took nine shots in thirty-two minutes. Yeah, even five, even he when he was on nine. the court, he wasn't being aggressive. Yeah, he went five and nine. But I honestly do think LeBron's gonna have a big game. He's gonna have a big game. Game uh, Game Four. I'm gonna go 34, 12, and eleven. Yeah, sure. That sounds right. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I mean, I wouldn't put it past him. That's like his numbers. LeBron is LeBron has a very keen sense of where his legacy is, where he stands in regards to like basketball history. Um, you can see in his eyes that he has like. He's got the killer instinct going, and I think, I think he's gonna put his foot down in game uh, in game four. Um, not only cement like put a three one lead and like pretty much uh, call it curtains for the series, but also I think he's gonna put curtains on the any MVP Finals MVP debate. Oh, it's over, dude! After the game Davis had, it's done. He's not winning MVP. For him to have MVP, he'd have to average like sixty a game from now on and cure the coronavirus. That's true, but it's just nice to nice to put that out of uh, any type of uh, discussion because you never know if AD has the cure for coronavirus. Hey, you know what, man? If you were to vote, somebody did vote for Iguodala for finals MVP, so six you never know. Did. Six people did. Yeah, I know. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if you can, yeah. like, you put a stamp on that to make sure that doesn't happen again, I guess you go for um, it. Okay, any uh, any final uh, notes or remarks? So I got, you I go got something. So, oh, this yeah, is okay. the first, go first time a in a while, like, a dominantly large team has had success. Do you think if the Lakers win, which we all think they're going to, does this change the trajectory of the league? Are teams going to start to try and replicate the big man again? Are we going to go back to seeing more traditional positions? No. No. Both no. Two no's. You guys don't like that? No, because I, <laughs> I kind of touched about this earlier. They have LeBron and AD. There's only Le- one of those guys. Um, you can't just throw out Bismack Biombo and be like, okay, do what these guys do. It, it doesn't happen. There's a reason why got teams, by and large, have been going small. Um, well, a couple reasons. I mean, one, the prevalence of the three-point shot. They're realizing it's more important. Most big guys can't shoot that well, um, and they can't handle that well. So it's like, what are you doing for me other than being a rim runner? And two, if you're frankly, if you're not that good a team, then the three-point shot is even more important because it adds the variance of the game. So you can luck into more wins. Like, that's the whole, that's where the math of the game comes in. You can be a fucking shit-ass team, but if you just start throwing, like, flamethrowers from uh, distance, you're going to win the game. Like, there's a stat right. where it's like, if you make 22 threes in a game, you're winning, like, almost every single time. Like, it's just about getting up to that number. I really thought that was going to be a much harder take than it, I thought who it are the Who are the big guys, like, that you have in mind, right? There's, I'm not maybe, even, there's, no, no. there's maybe only, like, five truly skilled big men you have to worry about defensively. But I'm not even just saying, like, the current guys now. But, like, do you start, like, at a younger high school, collegiate, do you start developing the big man as you did back in the 90s and the early 2000s? I think they're going to teach big guys to shoot from an early age at this point. I think I think they're going to teach everybody to shoot because that's going to be probably a requirement what, some years in the future now. What I think you're jumping on, Andrew, is, like, I think you're looking at the wrong skill it's not about the size it's a like or the wrong uh attribute i should say it's not about the size it's about the skill and going forward it position, well no no positionless it's, about combination. Bas- it's about a combination of size and skill that's what the lakers have yeah but p- positionless basketball is like it's coming and the reason why it's positionless is because the way the game is played today you want your best players out there and so it's not so much about like whether like oh he's big like he can play center it's like are you good? If you're good, you're going to be on. I mean, well, obviously, no, no, no. there's some sort no, no, of like, size nah, differential. You're totally missing it because the Rockets this year had positionless basketball. That didn't work. It had P.J. Tucker at the five. Oh, it was positionless. It doesn't P. matter. P.J. Tucker was a pretty good five. 
It didn't work. They lost against the they lost against the Lakers. Yes, yeah. why? Because Anthony Davis was taller than PJ Tucker. That's true. I mean, like we talked about that. Yeah, because like he was just as good. If Anthony Davis was a fucking um like stiff, then they would win that. Then uh, the the Rockets would win that series. I got one more hot take. And also, I think that the micro ball strategy. That's how they got by Stephen Adams. He had no yeah, offensive game. Exactly. Fine. All right. This hot take is gonna be better than my last hot take. You guys ready for this one? Sure. Ready. Assuming the Lakers win the next two games, so they win four one. You know, gentlemen sweep. If you were to substitute. Basically, just trade straight up LeBron for Jimmy Butler. Does the series go differently? Yes. Explain. Because then the Heat would have LeBron. So you're saying the Heat with LeBron instead of Jimmy would beat a Jimmy-led Lakers? Yes. I think LeBron could make the small ball in Miami work. But, like, dude, my, like, I, honestly, I agree, first of all. I, I think that the Heat would win with LeBron because LeBron has done more with less. That's supporting cast in Miami, assuming that the injury's aren't a big deal and Bam's playing Gort. Goran Dragic is playing. Like, he's had way worse supporting casts. I think he could do wonders with that Heat team. Yeah. So, wait, why were you giving me so much attitude when I said, like, that the Heat would win? Was I? Yeah. You sound like you're giving me... This is where we're at in this relationship. We're just, like... <laughs> I just want to say no. Each other. Yeah. First, I want to say no, and then if you're right, yeah. I'll change my mind later. I mean, LeBron's the better player. Like, what still, if you, What if you traded Bam and AD? No, the Heat win. For sure, the Heat win. So instead, it's LeBron and Bam and uh, um, Butler and AD. Uh, Butler and AD and that supporting. I cast. still go with LeBron. I'm always gonna just go with LeBron. I know. I always say never doubt the king, but that's like a that's more of a dicey situation. I yeah, think. dude. There's no Especially way. Especially a good match. How much the, uh, LeBron LeBron relies on AD for scoring. Yeah. Before we finish off, then uh, Sunil, any uh, last things to say? Um, just that I hope Jimmy Butler can keep it up and keep this series going and make it interesting. Yeah. I don't want Jimmy Butler to keep it up. I want LeBron to win his fourth ring. Okay. Well, I, I hope so too. It'll probably happen. I mean, that's it. You know, yeah. yeah. Anyway, okay. Right. Well, next time we uh, we'll get back on. We'll probably be uh, after the series. So. Yeah. Congrats on winning your fourth ring, LeBron. We're proud of yeah. you. Congrats on the king. <laughs>